Welcome to Big Blend Radio's first Friday Toast to the Arts and Park show with the National Parks Arts Foundation, who are known for their amazing artist residencies in parks across the country. So everyone, today we're so excited because we have the president of the National Parks Arts Foundation back on the show, Tanya Ortega. Not only is she the president and founder of, uh, are you the president, Madam President? Do I get to say that, Tanya? Yes, thank you. She's the Madam President. We like (laughs) Madam Presidents. Uh, But she's also an amazing photographer. And I think, you know, before we get into today talking about looking at uh, National Parks Arts Foundation, NPAF, as we say, uh, for 2024, what people can look forward to. Um, I just want to go back a little bit into why you started the National Parks Arts Foundation and how many years, because now I feel like we've known each other for like a gazillion years. I, you, you're like family now. Oh, you're <laughs> like family now too. Everybody's like family that's been with us for all this long. Well, we became a prophet. Um, 10 years ago. Um, of course, we were working on it before that, too. But um, yes, this is our anniversary year, 2023, 10 years as a nonprofit. So we're pretty excited about that. We should have probably had a party or something. But instead of that, we're taking that funding and making sure that the our various programs, which are artist in residence programs, exhibitions, and workshops, education in parks. So the reason that about this, Lisa, so cut, cut me off at any, any time you want mm-hmm. is because the park started because of artists. So um, as you know, in Yellowstone, the government sent out a couple of artists and they, the c- Congress was convinced when they saw Moran's uh, watercolor drawings uh, in his, his painting book, you know, he's doing watercolor and, and they saw it and they said, well, what was to become the park service? Um, these lands are worth it. So it is because of artists that the national parks were started. So the, it, there is a legacy in the parks of artists making mm. sure that people know about the parks. And what's interesting about that too is even if you aren't able to go to a park, there's a great importance of artists. And by artists, we mean musicians, uh, painters, everybody who is an artist to be able to bring the park outside of the park for the people. So the reason that it started is because I saw that as a need during my first, um, the first park that hired me was Yellowstone. So I was able to see the archives and be able to see some of what Moran had at that park, um, just because wow. I love to go through the archives and, and find out about that stuff. And that was in the late 1980s. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a need. There's, there's, it's a need that, that has to be filled because it's, it, it has, you know, it, it affects art, affects everybody, babies through seniors. It does things to move mountains as far as getting an understanding of park resources and the importance of parks. I, I love that because it's, you know, the history of that when people really dig into it, it's like interesting how they had to take things on trains with big paintings. And then, you know, like, how do we, you've got to think about what art was like back then and transportation back then. And if it wasn't for oh, the yeah. arts, there's no way this would end up on the map. Always 
talk about, you know, uh, obviously Ansel Adams, but uh, Priscilla, Susan, Priscilla, Susan, Priscilla Thew, Susan Thew. That's her whole name. Just look it up. <laughs> anyway, she went out on horseback, and this is in the like 30s and 40s on horseback to photograph and document what was then General Grant uh, National Park, which is now Kings Canyon and Sequoia. And because of her, she actually inspired uh, Ansel Adams to stand up for these parks and to get more land. And we have bigger park systems because of her in that region and those two parks. So there's like all these like adventuresome artists that went out there camping, hiking, doing this. And you've got to think it's not like what we have now, right? And in regards to, oh, let me, you know, do this and send the image to a gallery over here, you know, via WeTransfer or something. (laughs) You know what I mean? We're we're all like so digital now. And we didn't have that back then. They, you know, even getting somewhere and car by car was not even feasible back then. It was like a big deal. So that's what's so interesting to me about this, you know, system of parks that we have that inspired other countries to have national parks it started here and um, it all started with the arts so I, I love that and I love you know Nancy and I you know we've been doing these shows with you for for years and and interviewing artists that are residents in the park and it's so interesting to hear ones you know as they go in to a residency which is a full month which is pretty unheard of and amazing to be able to just shut off from regular life and just focus on something specific they all change what they think they're going to do in parks i think just about i'm <laughs> 99.9 right have changed oh. their focus of what they're going to do but have well, come through learning new skills too that's the other thing right yes they get inspired and i mean you know to talk about the the woman who who did sequoia king's canyon on priscilla Thew. it's priscilla Thew. yeah i got it right now <laughs> She, I mean, that is, she said to herself, I'm going to do this and set out on her own and did it. And wow, those people, those types of people who want to make a difference are so important and so valuable, so rare um, that it, it's a necessity. It's an, I'm so proud of people like that. Yeah, so especially women. Create, yeah, we create this this platform for people to be able to do that in uh, a way that is recognized, um, which is important, too, because the parks are receiving a, a great gift from these artists that mm-hmm. it just lasts forever. <laughs> well, I want to talk about the, you know, how you're taking the parks out of the parks for people because not everyone gets to go to you know these you know grand places like dry tortugas like how many of us are going to get in a boat and be able to go to loggerhead key none you know 90 (laughs) percent can't you know what i mean so there's these places that we're able to learn about and respect and support the preservation and conservation of these places and you know, we just can't go everywhere in our lives. We all try, like Nancy and I are digital nomads. We, you know, you've traveled the world too, and Nancy and I too. And it's like, you will never get everywhere, but damn, we're going to try. But it's, where does your inspiration come from to even travel? I think a lot of times it comes from the arts and photography, 
from music. Someone's got a song that talks about an area and it gets under your skin. It becomes an earworm. And next thing you know, you're there. <laughs> I mean, look what you two did for Joshua Tree. I'm just saying, and Graham Nash. Okay, <laughs> Graham Parsons, sorry. I mean, it's really kind of interesting when when you look at the arts and how everybody thought you two recorded Joshua Tree in Joshua Tree National Park. They didn't. You know? <laughs> they were there for a little bit but not like that. You know what I mean? So um, it's almost impossible. I mean, a lot of artistic media that we know, even Moran, when he went to Yellowstone, yes, he showed them the watercolor drawings that were small, but it took him years to paint the paintings that we all know of Yellowstone. So um, you can't, a month is, is actually too short. Um, but it, it, and that's another thing you said that people, people often change what their proposal is. And, and they don't necessarily change that because that's kind of, uh, something, but they, they do sometimes. But what happens is they get in, they get more inspired. And so they add on more projects, you know, and then they want to come back. A lot of, um, a lot of people are coming back. In fact, um, Shiswang Yang, who is at oh, yeah. Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, she's going to have a concert in February. Oh, shoot. It's not, it's not official yet, but hopefully she will be having a concert at Hawaii. Well, Volcanoes. I know she's back in Hawaii. She was just on our show yeah. and everyone will put the link to Shiswang's, uh, latest interview, um, in, in the show notes for folks. And I mean, that's the thing you've had, like Alice Lease has done a lot of repeat you know, residencies as well. And you've had some uh, artists that have a continued, like Andy Warner who's like had this continuation of a story going through his work as, as a comic artist. And so it's really interesting to see how artists progress. And then they have, you know, there's an application process. So for artists, musicians, it, this is open to everyone. There is an application process and then it goes through jury. And if you don't get through the first time, do it again. Every artist, that we've interviewed always says, just keep going. Don't, it just is what it is. Move forward. Don't stop applying to do it because it's changed their lives. Everything I've heard from artists, it's like, this has helped their resume. It has helped them hone their craft, helped them in so many ways. And the parks gain from it. The viewing or listening audience has gained from it. So it seems to be like this giant win, win, win. We don't just like win-wins. We like win-win-win-win here. We're really, the big win. Really we like good. the big win. We like the big wins. But that's what it seems like. <laughs> you know, it's been years that we've been doing this. But, like, you see these artists that will go back and see something else because it is – you can't go to a park once and think you know a park, you know. It's different mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Like Chaco, the weather changes. You know, the shadows change. Uh It is – you know, right now it's snowing there. <laughs> it's Chaco beautiful. Oh my gosh. And I think I might have mentioned it before, but we are now in partnership with the Interior Museum. Um, and it's, it, we've been working with them for a few years, but, um, we're so lucky to be able to take our artists and present them to the museum for acceptance into the museum. And we are planning events uh, at the museum uh, along with that. So, um, and I'm sorry if I'm on repeat, but uh, 
Chaco has some great artists that have gone through Chaco. And so we are probably going to be able to have Chaco represented at the museum, um, which is really exciting. So yes, it goes to so many levels for the art, for the artists that apply. And it is true. It is so much work for artists to get. And you've probably applied for things. I spent many years applying for residencies and other opportunities. And it is for me anyway, it's, it's always hard when I get, when I realize I didn't, didn't get the opportunity that I wanted, but it just, it takes doing it over and over again. Sometimes, sometimes you'll just get it on the first, on the first try, but it, it's a lot of work. And we take that. We're all artists at National Parks Arts Foundation and we respect not uh, the time that it takes to apply to these things. And. Also, it sounds wonderful to be inspired and have another thing come into your mind when you go to the park and you're there. And, um, but it's a, it's a little bit like, oh, I'm so inspired. Now I have another project I want to do. Mm. You know, for the artist, as an artist, as myself going, that always happens to me when I do residencies in national parks, but I yeah. love it. I understand that completely. Look at us. Like Nancy and I traveling like, oh, now we have to do this magazine. Now, <laughs> now we have to do that. It's rabbit holes, you know, but that, but that's the good thing in life when you're inspired by something. God, that's truly living. And I think that's, um, the thing that the artists that apply and they produce something, they do a show. Sometimes it's a demonstration for the public, even uh, at the park, you know, you know, we're post COVID now, right? But you never know, but. The arts transcend. And once it's they, out there, it's out there. Forever. And a memory or a feeling. Like if you've seen an artist demonstration, that may be a temporary thing. If you don't have something tangible in your hands or something you can take home to listen to. But that memory is ingrained in you. Like you watch what an artist goes through to create something. And it it's like, oh, wow, I've learned something. And right now I think so many people are traveling through wanting experiences and it's got nothing to do with age. It doesn't really matter from all the stuff Nancy and I do in tourism work. What we're seeing is so many people want experience. They want something transformational. And as an artist, I think that's what art is. It's transformation. It's always about transformation, isn't it? In a way it's like integrity and transformation, hold hands. And here it is. We're going to create something that, moves and maybe changes your mind or makes you feel something and that's what I think the artists are doing in the parks no matter what they're doing and it's not just plain air painting I'm just saying nothing against plain air painting because that's hard to do you get bugs in your art and all kinds of stuff but um, I think (laughs) everyone automatically thinks you have to be a plain air painter to apply and that's further from the truth yeah, that's not the truth. In fact, we have had, and I, I love this one as, as an example, we have had um, chefs apply to create uh, food from the area, you know, not taken from the park, from the area of the park to represent the um wherever wherever it might be and i cannot wait until we have an uh, chefs or artists like yeah it's not just painters it's photographers it's everybody it's uh, musicians i can't think of something that isn't um but we we get we get a lot of emails too saying oh i'm a writer uh, am, am i an artist um well yes you you are an artist so it's it's 
it's important. And yeah, it transcends. I love that. You know, it's like, am I an artist? Yeah, because we've, um, you had Zoe, the, the, uh, science writer on the show with us, mm-hmm. um, that was in Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. You've got a lot of people that are documenting and then taking it in, tra- again, transformation, transforming it into something that the public can understand. And that's what the arts is like that vessel to get that information into us because whenever we think there's that 80% of us that are not nuts and bolts people with like into like hard facts and the fine print. Like when you hear about fine print that you kind of want to turn away. Like I know you have to do that in, in your work for everybody being able to be in parks, all the permitting processes and all that stuff that none of us want to know about you guys do, which is yeah. like, I don't know. You, you need to yeah. take up wine, drinking wine like Nancy and I for that. Um, but, but we do a lot we, of that. The arts are a way for us to ingest information and learn and feel and without having to read the fine print, but then maybe be inspired to read the fine print. Does that make sense You know, to actually learn more? It does. It does. People don't see the, um, the, the work of having to do the fine print and getting the permits and everything that's, that's behind the scenes. And uh, for artists, that's fine. That's not their area of expertise. We're lucky enough to be able to know how to navigate all of those things. So yeah, you have to deal with government and all of that. That is uh, because parks are, uh, national parks are federal. You've got state parks. I know you work with all kinds of parks and communities, right? Not just oh, yeah. national parks. Yeah, all all kinds of parks. It is a national program. So mm-hmm. that's national yeah. national parks. Um, yeah, but it's a lot of times that's uh, too much for an artist to to do most of the time. It's different than being an artist. It's a whole nother job. So yeah. we're able. To, we're able to do that and we're pretty lucky and our artists also and I, I hate to say our artists because yeah. they're of their own right of course but we've been able to partner with you know the poetry foundation the national endowment for the arts the um you know a couple of our artists have been at the maui arts and cultural center um you know we have a, a couple of them coming up this year playing there so it does open the doors to different things um it's exciting. And the inspiration. I mean, tell me, tell me, Lisa, do you, can you remember a song or a piece of artwork that, that you were so in, like moved by? What was that for you? I know I'm not supposed to be the one asking the questions necessarily, but. No, everyone has that. I think I remember something with you and a fish. Am I right about that? Ooh, You're right. The on you. Yeah. A fish painting. Right. Yeah. But there is that that inspires you like, oh, I want to go there. Uh, you know, there's definitely art pieces of art uh, that just go. I need to go there. I want to know about this place, you know, or I want to save that place. I want to oh, save yeah, yeah. that oh, yeah. environment um, for I don't want it destroyed, which, well, which there, the artist oh, can do, too. There was a lady who wrote a book and I'm going to bring it up now. She wrote a novel about. Um, oh boy, the Everglades. Um, Marjorie. Oh gosh, help me on this one. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. She wrote a novel. Laurie McCullen is her name. It's called Among the Beautiful Beasts. It's a novel. I've heard of this. I'm gonna write yep. her name. Yeah. It was set in the 1920s in Miami, and it's a, the untold story of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, 
who saw, uh, you know, saved the Everglades, but gave the backstory and as a novel. And that's what I'm, I'm, I would love to see more writers get on board with what NPAF does because novels and historical fiction is such a beautiful way to get people connected. And she did this and basically shared the history of Marjorie and it's, the background of why this woman, how she had her grit to keep standing up for the parks. And she didn't like the Everglades when she first got there. She, she didn't like wow. the mosquitoes. She was all like, no, no. Um, so it was really interesting how she fell in love with the swamps and all of that. And, you know, it's true. Once you get past the, the bugs, you, you, you learn. And she did. And she, you know, fell in love with it and understood the, the ecosystem and, it was because she spent time and uh-huh. got to experience the ecosystem of like, how does the alligator work with the, the gallinule bird and how does this eat that? And how do they all interconnect? And when you understand that from going into a park and seeing the web of life, which includes human history as well. And MPAF does a huge job on that, like Chaco, Fort Union, Gettysburg. I mean, you know, even Death Valley has, you know, human imprints. All the parks have human imprints in them and some still living history and still going, you know. Um, it, she really found that connectivity. And once you, once you experience that connectivity, then you're going to fight for it because you realize how fragile it is with, um, there were so many things that have, um, really attacked the Everglades and still do the Everglades yes. National Park. And, you know, even the water system for drinking water, Florida, and and I could go on and on and on and I won't, but, you know, oil drilling, all kinds of stuff. But um, the Everglades have, you know, just this fragile wetland. Yeah, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It is a international biosphere and blah, 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 blah. I'll carry on for 10 years. But (laughs) it was her, but her writing a historical novel got you into understanding even though it's a novel it's based on a true story right so she could embellish and do things and you just kind of sunk into this story of who was this woman and had an idea and understanding of the swamps of standing up the fight of someone coming of it's coming of age story too and it's like you're standing up and for a woman back in the day to be like that too so it's um it's amazing story of this woman and Yes, again, it's fiction, but I think sometimes we need that, and that's what the arts provide. You know, documentaries are amazing. We're in that life, too, where we can watch a documentary, but there's something about a documentary that isn't like, you know, the school teacher hitting you over the head with a textbook, that you need to read this uh-huh. and understand the timeline of dates. We don't care about that. That's not how we take in information. The yeah, arts is the, how we take in information. It, so that's, that's an example, anyway, yeah. That's a great example. It's the human element. If you're connecting with anything in the piece of art, and you said writers, you'd like to see more writers. Um, There is a great writer, Roxanne Farsi, who, um, oh, what is her her latest book? Um, I think it's called Death in in a Nutshell. And so it is uh, not historical, but she brings you into the story. So 
and it's set in a park and her other, her other books uh, that she's doing with this too are also set in parks. And, and she brings you in, even though it's not, it's not historical, but very accurate. I was so impressed by, by her notes and, and everything, but it tells a story. And I realized in reading, reading this, even though, the the story itself is is something and the scene and it does have to do with the park that's what brought me in to understand the resources and the importance of the park itself um so uh, when you say writers it's it's very important that writers apply we have many writers on our on our boards um but something like a book will take a long time to create when people expect that a media, you know, we're, we're easy. We pick up a book, we can read a book to be able to create that book can take years, Mm -hmm. years. And even the films that we've had, and we've had screenplay writers and different people too in our national parks. And those can take sometimes 15 years to actually be made. Um, But Anyway, it was it was wonderful to see a writer inspired by the parks and to have have the setting as as the parks and it uh Yellowstone is is incredible of course so. Mm. So for for MPAF, the National Parks Arts Foundation if a writer did apply and say I want to do this as research for a novel I'm doing, would that be something you would look at because it takes so many years to actually write, be edited and then actually go out and be published whether they're self-publishing Oh, we understand that. We understand that definitely. Um, cause it just can take, I mean, if Moran's paintings took many years to paint, you know, that's another mm-hmm. historic part of arts in the park. Some artists can do things really quickly, but we respect that. We know what that, that looks like. We know that it can take a long time for a great piece of art, whether it's a book or a concerto or or anything, or even a painting. It, great things often, most often, take a long time. So, mm-hmm. yes, we would definitely look at that. Well, that makes sense because even, you know, um, right now as we record this, we're in uh, Eugene, Oregon, and we'll be here while it airs. And we drove across country, and, of course, we had to go to Petrified National Forest, uh, National Park, uh, Petrified Forest National Park, and the Painted Desert, and there's so much history there. We went past Gallup, and I'm like, Tanya, I saw those signs to Chaco. I want to go back. <laughs> um, but we dodged this little bit of snow, so it was good. Um, but going through there, and you look at this geology, I'm dumbfounded. Every time I go to that park, I'm just absolutely dumbfounded by the geology, and you have to understand that took <laughs> a gazillion years to create that. You know, petrified uh, wood doesn't just happen overnight, just like art. <laughs> you know, it took exactly. years for those colors to come through and those, you know, hoodoos. And, oh, my gosh, it, it is just amazing. And it, and it blows my mind. Um, and I think the other thing that artists do, and this is, I'm going to just go off here in a little tangent. So everyone thinks you know, no, I got to take that back. I can't say everyone because that's not true. I don't want to generalize, but <laughs> our part, um, enjoy the pictures, make your Instagram posts and all that stuff. It's great. There's so much more than just driving through. And then like when we drove through Petrified Forest National Park, it was just, it honestly bugged me because we were driving through. That's all the time we had. And you know, it's better to do that than not 
see it. If if you have that experience, do it. It's amazing. Well, but I have to tell you. You heard it? I was like, go ahead. <laughs> it's so interesting that you're talking about Petrified Forest National Park because they have been our waiting on our waiting list for a while. And they just contacted us in interested in information on on partnering with us for uh, artists in residence programs. Oh, I hope that happens. That would and, be insane. Yeah, I mean it would be it would be beautiful and I think we just need to make sure that the um get oh okay, well this is an easy thing. Pretend Lisa, you what would you like to see at Petrified Forest National Park if you were an artist in residence? I, I would like to get the hell out of the car and go on a walk, right? And there's all these trails and there's backcountry camping out there that is amazing. And I have friends who have done it. And well, I'm writing down ins- the backcountry ins- camping. There's backcountry camping there that is insanely cool. Listen, Nancy and I, the, okay, Painted Forest National Park. Nancy and I drove from Florence, Colorado to Yuma. And on the way we said, okay, we're going to do whatever. We're just going to pull over wherever we want, do what we want on our way. Nancy and I ended up, we went to drove along the Arkansas River. This was an epic 24 hours, not even 24 hours. We drove, this is a crazy, crazy story of park travel. Tell we us. drove, this is crazy. But my point is, at the end of the day, is do not just do the drive through You want to be the park artist so you can hike and have that time to really photograph that log, that petrified wood in a way that no one else has seen it. Because when you just drive through, you only get one glimpse. And you can't just get that perfect photo by just click, click, click. Maybe like when you're saying applying, you'll get that first one. Yay, you're lucky. Win the jackpot for the day, right? But if you're there for a month, you can actually understand the colors, the lines, and the geology. And get to understand. Go in the archives. Go and learn about the Harvey House Girls. Go learn this. I mean, there's just so much to it and understanding the pigments of the sandstone and all of that and actually understand. So when you interpret and create your art, there's this backbone. And and when you have the backbone, you can flourish, right? You have to have that root. And so when I feel like when we drive through, we get this amazing jaw-dropping experience, but it's it's not um, it's not as good as spending time to create on top of the roots you're just doing a drive-by just not good enough but do it if that's all you get but um going there hiking absolutely you've got to go off and backcountry hike there's all these trails through these geological features that are just incredible that your mind is just what how did this happen through all these millions of years there were dinosaurs there's all these fossils but um it's I'm, so I'm amazing. tripping out, but our route. Okay. I'll go back to the crazy yeah, story. We drove story. from Florence, Colorado. So you go, Florence is by Canyon city. So it's all known for the supermax prisons, but that's not what we're talking about. The Royal Gorge bridge is there, right? So you can go there, go along the Arkansas river, Curisanti, uh national recreation area, which is mind blowing because it's water on both sides and hoodoos and all kinds of crazy stuff. And you get to Gunnison, um, Oh, that canyon, the Black Canyon is incredible. If you get there through the National Forest and the National Park. Well, we went there. I mean, this is just in one trip. And we were going to, we were like, oh, let's camp up here or do something. And then the wind was just crazy. 
and we decided <laughs> let's go south. Well, we didn't know what we we're doing. And I, I'm scared of heights. Like in driving, I'm not good, but I did like all these mountain passes, the monarch and all of this. Was it snowing? And not yet. It was mid September. It was right before COVID year. Right. And mm. so we start heading south and we went through Melrose. We went through all these different pla- Montrose, not Melrose, um, down. Yeah. And next thing you know, we're in Ure, right? Beautiful. Well, we had to pee. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> this is something you want to hear on a National Parks Arts Foundation podcast. Well, there really wasn't much or places to go. And so we're like, okay, we'll just get to drink. We'll go to the gas station, whatever. No, that didn't happen. Anyway, we kept going and we went through a Ure and we kept thinking we're going to pull off here. Pull and the way the timing was, it was just one of those weird trips where you just kept going. We ended up going on the million dollar highway. Have you been there? Yes. I, you've been through, I did that. I'm the scared person. I mean, I did the Trail Ridge Road in Rocky Mountain National Park, but this thing scared the heck out of me. And I did that. Sun is going down, but the mountains were beautiful. It was a full moon over the Red Mountain. Like, honest to God, like, we were lucky. I'm scared. White knuckling it all the way through. Bob so Marley is- on replay. Is this, um, so this is, this is on the way to Uray towards, um, Silverton. You're on that, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. That is to Durango, to Durango. Yeah. Then we get, we do this and it's going dark and I'm like, oh, you know, bleep, bleep, bleep. And (laughs) anyway, we get to Durango, went to get gas and the bathrooms were working all the story. We ended up going, okay. We had past Aztec runs and there were closed. You can't just go pull up at a park, right? I tell people all the time, look at park websites before you go. Well, sometimes you should heed your own advice, Lisa. So <laughs> now that's closed. There's no camping. You can't do that. All right, keep going. So we went through Shiprock and there was this awesome truck driver that I followed through Shiprock, went past these just beautiful places, got to Gallup. Rest areas are closed. We slept. Anyway. Oh, my God. about this. We get to Holbrook and there was a gas station with open restrooms and we're fine. And we're like, we're going to go to Petrified Forest National Park. Well, that's closed too. So Nancy and I car camped outside the gate of Petrified National, Petrified oh Forest God. National Park. It was late at night. I mean, because there's only a couple hours or two, three hours before they're going to open. You know, this is how long this trip is. It's crazy. So we're out there and we wake up and there's a dinosaur looking in the window of the car, like these, this dinosaur outside the entrance. And, and there's a school bus of kids coming to pick people up outside. It's like a little community. Anyway, the most amazing sunrise we did see, like meteor showers and the stars that night were incredible. It was the closest we could get to camping in the car. It was a dark sky and it was insanely cool. That morning we drove through and we went from the bottom up to go down, which is weird. But that's just the way things happened that night. And I have to tell you, I've fallen in love with that place. Um, and so we just recently redid it. And just even the lighting change in a few years, just the lighting of being there in a different day and a different season is different incredible. Things. So yeah. I think that's amazing about how you've um, had artists come back into a park. And the Hawaii Volcanoes National Park has got to be one of those epic ones of always documenting change because it's, you're, you know, it's a volcano, it's changing. And you've yeah. had volcano eruptions during your residency, like during, not necessarily during the residency, but, you know, 
as NPAF has been and, and, you know, people have been able to go into the park and see the changes. And a lot of artists are just, you know, that's a, that's a big highlight for them is to see change and to document change and create from that because we all know in art, things are changing. So, you know, that's the thing. Um, just driving through is great, but being able to spend time to get the lighting right on a photograph, not just take it on Instagram yeah. and put a filter. That was my point. It, it's just, you know, you can have these epic, crazy road trip stories, which are great. And we live for that. But there's something about being there and being able to watch the sunset, the sunrise, the timing of light to just understand and take time like Marjorie did in the Everglades to understand the ecosystem, including humans, how things work. And I think yeah. that's what you guys really provide is that opportunity. Oh, that thank was a long winded way of yeah, <laughs> giving you a crazy. And we did get to pee at the end of it all, but you know, <laughs> that was a long way to hold it. Just saying. That's like really long way. I've got a story about going down that mountain too. Um, but, uh, <laughs> just don't pee down the mountain. <laughs> yeah, that's a long that's a long trip. No, I had to take a Greyhound bus from Oregon down to Santa Fe one time. I might have Whoa. told you this before and so the bus was the last there was a snowstorm and the bus was the last vehicle that was let down that highway during the snowstorm. So there's a whole bunch of us in this bus. And then all of a sudden, this bright light shines into the bus. And it's nighttime, right? So it's just like this bright light covers the whole bus. And I'm basically probably the only one who's awake. And uh, and I'm just like, oh, no, what what's going on? Aliens? What? No. Oh, cool. <laughs> what had happened is an avalanche. We barely missed the avalanche. And then he decided he was going to back up and the roads were icy. And I said, nope, I'm getting out of the bus. And a lot of people followed me out of the bus. And it took, I think it was six hours. Um, but they have cabins. There's cabins, by the way, that people, you know, um, who work for the parks are in with, you know, snow patrol and things like that around there. So we, we, we got help pretty quickly, but it was six hours to clear that, clear that thing. So we can, by the way, at Durango, I just got off the bus. I wow. was, it was too much for me because the bus almost went off a cliff, you know, and the, the driver was determined to do whatever. And I was like, I'm not, cause those are, that is a sharp drop. There was no way I was going to be involved in that. So. Yeah, all snow. I think the snow was like four or five feet, something that's probably bigger in my mind than it actually was. But wow, that's quite a drive you took. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. And I just saw a Greyhound bus the other day. I haven't seen one forever. And I saw one. And I'm like, is that really a Greyhound? Nancy, is that a Greyhound? She goes, it's a Greyhound. It's there. They <laughs> still exist. Because you don't rarely see it anymore. You know, that's crazy, though. I mean... An avalanche. I can't even remember why I was taking the Greyhound instead of flying. I can't remember why, but, but it was, I think it was an emergency. I had to get to Santa Fe for something really, yeah. you know, fast. And so uh, I couldn't get wow. a ticket. It was just like a straight shot on the bus. <laughs> wow. But yeah, but this is okay. So getting back to national parks and national park travel, things happen in parks, things happen with weather and 
I mean, dry tortugas, uh, there's been times where like hurricanes came close and stuff. So if you're going to do that residency, you have to, you know, go through some training, um, right, uh, for you to be able to stay on loggerhead key because basically you're off grid. Two people, and every time I tell people, they're like, I want to do it. And then I'm like, do you really? You're off grid. There is no social media, which attracts me heavily. I'd like to just take a break from all of it. But you really have to be prepared to do this. But I think it is probably one of the most epic residencies in the world. It is. It is. It got some award for that years ago, but it is. um, And we're very lucky because the Park Service has been really great about um, doing an introduction sort of training with people to make sure that they know, you know, and even before they go in the residency, yes, you have to take a a course, an online course for dry tortugas um, in uh, disaster management, I believe it is. Um, but it's there now we have two programs. We have one that's open to the public and one that is local. So, um, we've switched the, the one that's open to the public from, it was during hurricane season. And for now we have switched that to the spring. So, um, I think it's in March. Um, so it's a, a little, uh, that's not hurricane season, but you never know at any of these parks, you never, you never know what's going to happen. So, you know, the park service has been really, really great about mm. preparing artists. We're very lucky. It's very epic. And it, again, it's someplace that you were talking about taking the parks outside, uh, outside of the parks, right? That's a, a really huge example of that. And not everybody gets to Hawaii volcanoes either. That's a bucket list for so many people. Um, but you know, just hey, we have to get on a plane, or you know what I mean. So it's a it's a a bucket list for people to go to, and and some of the parks are very remote, like Chaco. We went to Chaco a few years back, also right before COVID, and you know it was amazing to me because we've seen you know interviewed so many artists that have been there, and I saw their work as I was walking through places, and yet it was still we were there for the majority of a day. It's not good enough. It's just not good enough to get. <laughs> it's just not good it's, enough. It's not good enough, you know. And and so it's all great to be able to go to these places, but art stays with you when you can s- still see the photo. I have musicians that we know, some friends who created a song about chocolate. And I know we've played it on shows before. Um, whenever I hear that, it just takes me there. And so that's the power of the arts to take you back to places, the memories. Um, it's just, it's beautiful. Um, before you go, tell everybody the best way to keep up with these residency programs and for folks uh, in communities and park areas that may want to get on board and say, gosh, we need to, you know, oh, golly, gosh, we need to be able to do this in our region. We want to have, you know, NPAF come in and do a residency because it's the, the actual communities get involved, like Friends of Parks and Art Organization come in to fund and help and you know, make these, uh, you know, residencies possible, right? Yes, that that's great. And that's, we love it. We love it when people get involved with it. So our general email is info at nationalparksartsfoundation.org. And that's the best way we read every single one of those emails. And if it needs to go to administration, we'll, we'll push it up to, to admin. 
Um, and we do have park supplying and that's what it takes. It takes park supplying for our programs contacting us. And that's kind of where we're at with petrified, with petrified forest. So, um, and, and other parks too. So it's interesting because we've had many, many parks on a waiting list and the parks who have been on a waiting list have, uh, their staff has changed sometimes even three times since they started on the waiting list. So they're like, Oh, we applied to that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. But, um, so we're very lucky because it, our funding, we're looking for funding and sponsorship so we can have more programs and more parks. So we have quite a few that are on the waiting, the waiting list right now that has come up are Yellowstone, Grand Canyon, Yosemite, Carlsbad, Saguaro, Joshua Tree, and wow. uh, yeah, and other state parks too. So cool. we are able because we're we are going to be doing a lot of of funding work this year to be able to ma- open it up for years to come further. So please, if anybody if anybody would like these programs. Please email us because yeah, these. the parks needs I, these. I and that's the other thing is we have AI and all this crap happening. <laughs> Sorry, see, <laughs> I'm allowed to say that word. I don't know. Um, but honestly, you know, as we go into this, the you know the artists that go in here and writers and musicians and you know all genres, right? Yep, they come out and it's actual art made by human. And I'm not anti AI, you know. Um, there's some good things and some negative things and we're still working with that right it's going to take a while for the world to deal with this but this is real so when you see an artist do a demonstration that's an artist a real human being (laughs) it's a real thing yes yeah it's the real deal um so a robot is not on loggerhead key and the dry tortuga is giving you like art you know this is real um, it's, you know, it's kind of like interesting, this AI thing. It reminds me of when you go to a zoo and the elephant paints the, or the monkey paints something for you. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying that animals can't paint. I'm just saying, you know, it's like, what are we doing? But, um, there's some good well, parts of it. There are but, some really good parts of it. And, uh, you were talking about dry tortugas. We partner with the Key West Art and Historical Society. So, we're able to uh have our artists they're they're you know this partnership is fantastic because we're bringing we're bringing that what the artists experience to the public so if we do not have an event or events or concerts whatever it may be or a dinner even if it's a chef artist um oh, cool. they're for the public so the public does get to experience as much as they can and meet the artist and it's great. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Everyone I keep up with the national parks arts foundation at national parks, arts org. And if you're an artist, that's where you go. Uh, social media, get on the newsletter list. What's the best way for artists to apply and keep up with? Uh, because I know it. You, sometimes you'll get a, a, you know, Hey, we just got this new residency and you're on a deadline because of how the grants work and the funding works. So Exactly. What's the best way for artists to stay in touch with you? Um, to go to the website, nationalparksartsfoundation.org, to follow us on social media, which is um, on there at, um, I can't remember what our Instagram is, but we are on social media, or to just email us. Mm. 
they are on social media. And do you have a newsletter too, right? That you send out as well for folks. They go um, on the website. Yeah, we don't, we don't do a newsletter right now, but they can sign up for our email list. And the email list is, we, we don't like to do, we don't like to be heavy on mail for yeah. people. I know that I like delete half of mine. So if it's important, we email and remind for reminders of deadlines and that kind of thing. So cool. And we, we might even have a, you know, a fundraiser and, and uh, email people if they would like to contribute. And that's a awesome. that's an important part of it too. Yeah, to be a patron of the arts, celebrate yes. the arts and, and support it because we all need the arts in our lives. If we had no art, it would suck. If we had no <laughs> national parks or parks, life would suck too. So, you know, <laughs> you're you're unsucking our life. <laughs> Thank you. <I laughs> that sounds good. I hope everybody heard that in the correct way. Um, So thank you so much for joining us, Tanya. Always a pleasure to have you back on the show and and keep us up to date on what's going on and just have a conversation on the power of the arts, um, which is definitely what you're doing. And also to take care of our public spaces, their natural beauty and, um, and what's needed for the natural world, but also to preserve and protect and interpret history. So thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for joining us here on Big Blend Radio's first Friday Toast to the Arts and Park show with the National Parks Arts Foundation. Learn more about their amazing park artist residency programs. Go to nationalparksartsfoundation.org. Keep up with our shows at bigblendradio.com. <laughs>